Jesus Church College. Join hosts Richard Tamburo and Molly Inman as they chat with other faculty and guests about church, the Bible, theology, and learning the way of Jesus here in Portland. Today we are talking about calling and especially some stories about what it's like to be called. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm Richard and I'm here with Amber and Tim. Not that Tim, the other Tim. That's right. I'm glad that the other <laughs> Tim's finally here. <laughs> uh, so we have, we did a podcast on calling a while ago and we've been looking at it a bit at church as well. So there's loads of calling chat around. But one thing we haven't done is actually heard from some people like, what's it actually like? Like if, if I'm like stirred up and like, yeah, this is good. Like I want to go seek Jesus. I want to ask Jesus some questions about what he's called, what he has for me. Um, it's really good to hear from some people like, what's that experience like? And we've got some interesting people sat around the table. Like I, uh, you know, I began as like a science scientist, physicist, then kind of got a bit into ministry um, and then became a philosopher and then like actually realized, no, no, like my home is not academia. It's over here in the church. And, like Amber, you're going through, I mean, just started your PhD last week. So in a way, you're a bit of a reverse mm-hmm. of me, which is interesting. And then Tim, you're like discipleship dude. Yeah. But also your story is like from punk rock and roll to fireplace guru. It is. And so twists. So we've all got the twists in our stories, like moments where we had to wrestle and where like Jesus showed up and showed us the way forward and helped us understand stuff about ourselves and our stories and, you know, things like this. So... Um, so my suggestion is we uh, we pick on someone. I'm going to pick on you, Tim, uh, to start with, and just like uh, and sort of telling your story is one of those things that you know you can take hours and hours off. Uh, but like, tell us a bit of you know what it was like for you to realise you know some stuff about your calling, and and probably for all of us there'll be bits we're still carrying of like the still bits of exactly what it looks like for me to be who God's called me to be that I haven't figured out yet. Yeah. So it's, yeah, we can talk about all that sort of stuff. So yeah, let's wind the clock back and we're, yeah. we're sitting comfortably. You may begin. That's really good. <laughs> you know, I think it's really cool that we're talking about this because you know, for me being born and raised in the church, I had a lot of ideas about what calling was. And then the way that my life played out, it turned out very different. And and I, I think that I look at calling a lot differently than I would have, you know, growing up or even, even like 10, 15 years ago. For me, I guess to start with where I am now, and then we can reverse engineer it. Uh, I work in the fireplace industry. I don't work at a church. So I always joke whenever I'm on a podcast, you know, you can't fire me for what I say. I don't, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't, I don't work at a church or anything. I, I help people sell fireplaces. And I've been doing that for about 15 years now. Prior to that, I, you know, I would have said if you'd have asked me 15 years ago that I was called to be a musician. I was playing in a, in a punk rock band. That was what I wanted to do. I threw everything that I had into it. And I would actually say now that like looking back at my life, I think that I've very clearly been called to do what I'm doing. And for a while, I even thought about like, should I go work for a church? And, and I tried to like kind of wrestled and prayed through that. And um, I've kind of come out on the other side, at least at this point in my life, not doing that, but still feeling very much like this is where God has wanted me to go. That's interesting you say not at this point. So, I mean, it's part of your story with these different seasons where you've done different things. Like, did you wake up one day as a musician and be like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing? Or was it more of a like, oh, like I'm changing or the season's changing? Like, 
there may be a new chapter and I have to ask some questions or something? You know, it was it was very gradual. And, and I don't think I noticed it until after the decision had already kind of been made, if that makes sense. I, I think that for me, I, I'm real passionate about what I do. And so, you know, you could, you could probably corner me and be like, Hey Tim, like, what do you think about like this vocation or that vocation? I can get really amped up and I could totally convince you that like I'm called to be in that vocation. And that's what I would have done for a long time as a musician. I could have given you every reason in the book why I'm called to it. If you looked at my habits and my passion, you could be like, Oh man, like that's what Tim's called to. But that's not what it was. Like it was really just like a bunch of selfishness in me that wanted to do what I wanted to do. And, um, it wasn't anything that was like prayed through or like tested against in the scriptures or like in trusted community. And, um, I guess that I, I start to get really nervous and itchy when somebody just out of like pure passion is like, I'm called to do this because there's all kinds of things I'm passionate about that would be like devastating for the world (laughs) if I was called to do them. (laughs) Awesome. But it's interesting that, uh, you know, it's not like you were a musician and then at some point someone put a hand on your shoulder and was like, dude, you can't play guitar. Like, you yeah. just got to stop, right? So, you know, you were gifted and you were passionate. And it's interesting to me how often I can and I'm passionate equals calling. Mm-hmm. So you were in that space. You were doing something you were passionate about. You were enjoying it. Like, you know, I'm just interested. Was it kind of like something changed in you and then you went to God and feel like then he answered questions or was he doing something where he kind of got through to you to help actually change the way you felt about being a musician? Like what, how did that play out? Cause that, that transition is just interesting. Like what caused yeah. it and how did you navigate it? Yeah. I mean, when, when I was, uh, you know, trying to, to be like a musician full time, you know, there was, there was a lot of like right intellectual beliefs that I had, but like my life wasn't reflecting Jesus in like mm. my disciplines or like the way that I, you know, interacted with other people and in, in my communion with the Holy Spirit. Just, it just wasn't, you know, a factor. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, what, what really started to change was, was kind of outside of any of my music stuff. I mean, I've told the story in the podcast before. I just started falling in love with the scriptures and reading mm-hmm. them and, and just the scriptures over time just started changing my heart and my life. And, um, for me, you know, I, I kind of hit this point where like my story is really boring. Like I, I, I led this like really exciting life as a musician and then me and my girlfriend now wife started to get really serious. And, you know, if I was going to get married, then, you know, it was never even that like I was going to stop being a musician, but there were just some practical things that needed to be put in place in my life. Now it's funny. So like the way that I, the way that I started in the fireplace industry was I was literally 18. It's like, you know, a long time ago. And my future father-in-law called me up one day. He owned a fireplace store in the small town that I lived in. He said, hey, I need help installing a wood stove. And I didn't know what that meant, but I showed up and I started helping him. And so bit by bit, I always had kind of had this job in the fireplace industry doing like installations and sales and things like that that had kind of followed my rock and roll career. And it's kind of one of those things that like wherever I moved to, I could kind of find a, a job, you know, in the industry, but it was never anything I took seriously. It was just like this thing that I did that just helped finance my, you know, my passion, my calling. And over time, after I got married, I was still, I was still playing, you know, some rock and roll music here and there, but I kind of hit a point looking around at my life where I had to take an honest look at like, you know, what, what do I want to do? So like at this point I I am married. And so like, 
whether you think you've been called to marriage or not. Like if you are married, like you're kind of called to it. <laughs> and to right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really, it really is, you know, that like, you know, I, I believe that like God gives us a lot of choices. And as we make those yep. choices, like there are, are options that are no longer available, right? They yeah. get stamped in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, um, so logistically there was just some things that I had to start focusing on. And I would just say very like naturally there just started to be this transition where like I was still really into music and, and like, you know, like writing it and everything, but like my focus just kind of started to be on like my marriage and my family. And, and so with that, like my career was a part of it. Cause like we had to put food on the table and in the same way I started to like, I was like writing songs. I was getting all these ideas for like the fireplace industry of like, how do I do sales better? Like, how can I connect with a customer and make it easier for them to purchase this product? Like if we're going to do a marketing effort, what's something we could do that could actually like give somebody value versus deceive them, you know? And, and, uh, so I started just like kind of pushing into that, not because I thought I was called to it, just because it was just kind of what was in front of me. And, and, you know, I'm passionate about a lot of things. And what started to happen is I, I started to just see this, like, this change where like this passion that I thought could only exist for music all of a sudden started existing for something that was totally boring, not like sexy, like playing. It's not very rock and roll. No, it's not. (laughs) It's not at all. But, and, and I would even say that like, as I started, this is, you know, probably six to eight years ago, as this started to play out, I wouldn't have told you necessarily that like I was called to this industry. I would just say like, well, I think I've got a knack for it. And, it's just something that I do. And, and really in the last three, four years, like you can look back and I can clearly see God at work shaping this as something that I'm called to. But I would say it's not, it's not for me. I didn't have like a mountaintop moment where like I would have said, oh, I'm, I'm called to the fireplace industry. Instead, it's more of like I've tried to be obedient to what God has put right in front of me. And as I look back, I can be like, oh, yeah, this is a calling. I just not that mountaintop moments don't happen, but I just start to get. I start to get really nervous when that's all people have to go on. Um, mm. I think that there's something mm. too, like, you know, you, you can't steer a parked car. So I kind of like, I feel like if, if you're, if you're excited about something and you're good at it and you, you, you check the boxes of like, it's not sinful. It lines up with the scriptures. It's generally wise. Then like my advice to people is like, yeah, start to push into that. And like, as you start to push into that, God will start to like, open and close doors mm-hmm. to, to lead you and guide you. And like, next thing you know, you're going to look back and be like, yeah, I, I am called to this. And so now going forward, I can be much more like maybe aggressive being like, I, I do think I've been called to this, like looking at my past, looking at, at like the community that, that this has been like bounced off of, but just like that mountaintop moment. Oh, I'm called to this. Um, that's not my experience. Yeah. And that's a, that's a huge one. This sort of because sometimes I oh mean, there's so many people who are almost immobilized from giving themselves to something because they don't know whether for sure mm. either it's going to work out or if they're a Christian, right. they're called to it. And actually, you're not going to discover that by waiting around, yeah, waiting around. <laughs> and and even the mountaintop moments, like because I had mountaintop moments where God affirmed, like, yeah, go this way. But that provided a sense of release to go discover. Yeah. But that settled like, yeah, I'm in the right seat on the bus here. Yeah. Like that was something I experientially explored, mm. like you're saying. So it's an, uh, yeah, interesting. We kind of expect calling to drop on golden tablets from above kind of thing. Well, and the thing I'll tell you is that like I've had a lot of mountaintop moments, but none of them have been like, 
what am I doing for Go my do job? Right like, it, yeah. it's, 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 it's actually been a mountaintop moment of like, are you going to follow Jesus or not? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like much bigger than like, what am I going to do for my job? And that's another thing when I, when I feel like, you know, whether, whether, you know, I thought my calling was to play music and, you know, maybe for some people it is, but like, I think that, I think that, that calling really does like change and evolve throughout your life. So again, I get nervous about like, does it have to be music or like, what if it's like communicating with people or what if it's making an impact in this other way? And like music is an outlet to do that, Mm -hmm. but the calling is actually much bigger. The other thing too is Stan Campbell, he's a mentor uh, here at Westside. He was really helpful with me, you know, probably about a decade ago talking through this is, you know, we, we like lose all this sleep over like, okay, I've got decision X and decision Y. One of them is God's will. And one of them clearly can't be. And Stan would just say like, no, God's will is a lot bigger than you think, (laughs) you know, like God actually gives us decisions sometimes yeah and uh there can be a lot of things that can be god's will Mm -hmm. and part of being made in the image of god is that is that you get to push into that and have you know some degree of free will and you can debate about how much there is but it doesn't change the fact that like god god actually wants us to use the gifts that we have to help discover yeah we're not just pawns yeah yeah Yeah. let me ask you one one more question um and then you can actually drink some of the coffee you're trying to get to um like, what was it like to interact with God as you found yourself, you know, with questions, like a- along the way here? Because I'm, I, I'm asking, pretty sure that it wasn't like, yeah, I kind of gradually picked up questions and then like came to Jesus and He answered them all in a profound prayer moment, and I that then walked seems, away settled. It would be so much easier if that was <laughs> how it worked. I mean, geez, <laughs> if that was the key, why didn't someone tell me sooner? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so it's just in terms of like as you're, you know, you're reading the Bible, because you say like falling in love with the scriptures, yeah. um, it, you know, you're at church experiencing becoming more like Jesus, praying about your life, praying about your marriage. Like, you know, what sort of stuff could you give away of advice of stuff you experience where you're like, yeah, look for Jesus to be showing up here or doing this type of thing or talk to him about this sort of stuff. You know, I keep going back to that text that talks about how it's more blessed to give than receive. And I think that when, um, like when I look back at a lot of my music stuff in the past, um, I could have like told you and maybe even convinced you that like, oh, it's benefiting other people. But like, you don't know my heart and really like it was benefiting me a lot more than other people. And I think that ironically through like the fireplace space with, with the work that I've done, you know, it'd be a lie to say that there's no ego involved in it. And that's something that I have to be very keenly aware of. But I think that where I really started to pay attention to it was seeing a return on investment in terms of how many people were being helped. And that was like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have a podcast for the fireplace industry and I do a lot of like speaking and consulting and stuff like that. And as I started to see people like really being helped by it, that was kind of where it, it really made me pause and think like, you know, I, I think that there's something here. And I, I try to tell this to people that like God expects a return on his investment. Like if you read the parable of the talents, like, he does and we're, mm-hmm. we're accountable for that that return on investment is not always like scalable though like so so what we think like well if i'm gonna if i'm gonna be called to like teach the scriptures i have to be the pastor of a church um i would say no like that could be a lot of selfishness in your own ego that like where you're trying to get padded and reinforced where like maybe it's that but man like if you're called to teach the scriptures maybe like your daughter is like the one person that will ever be affected by that, but it doesn't change the fact that you're called to teach the scripture. Yeah. So I think that we just have to be really careful in um, 
if I'm not having like economic success or like scalable success, then I'm not called. And I would mm-hmm. say that that's wrong um, because the, the God's economy doesn't work that way. Yeah. And uh, but but I would say if you're if you're looking if you're trying to figure out like man is this something that God's calling me to like there's a lot of things we can get into of like checking the boxes of is this His will or not. But I I think like look for a return on the investment of like are people being helped by this? I love and, that. Yeah. Because that's like as Jesus is discipling you, it's not so much that He's just giving you your marching orders, but actually He's giving you the right questions to ask. Yeah. And and the right cares. So that then as you're exploring life, like what for you is the right way to answer how to be a blessing and the opportunities, which is this mixture of like you, your gifts, the opportunities, the circumstances, your community, like huge basket of stuff. Then he's giving you what you need to navigate it. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. Well, what about you, Amber? Tell like, let's wind the clock back again. Like, what's a, give us like a bit of the potted amber story and, you know, the, the seasons you've gone through and what it's been like to navigate those things. Yeah, calling's interesting, especially just to tag real fast off what you were saying, Tim. Um, like, we like to act like our calling is something that's going to make us super happy all the time. Yeah. As if that mean like the like feeling good about it must mean that's it. And not that we won't feel good when we're doing what God's called us to do. But like you look at scripture, like, I mean, for crying out loud, when God called Moses, he was like, nope, nope, I'm out. God, can you like call literally anybody yeah. else? <laughs> like I have two siblings. Both of them are fine. Like why make, make Aaron do it, you know? So, and obviously that's not always the case, but you look at, you know, scripture when people are called, not always are they super jazzed about it. So I don't think that's always a good metric. Like, of, do I feel good when I'm doing it? Like that might not be the best way to, to, to look, you know? That's so good. You know, really quick before we get into your story, it just reminds me of like Paul in Colossians. He's telling the church, he says, I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to the sufferings of Christ. So like Paul, his calling meant that like he felt like, well, I haven't suffered enough yet. And like, Mm. he's been beaten. He's been shipwrecked. He's been stoned. He's been, and he's like, no, I still haven't suffered enough yet. Like that was him pushing into his calling, like (laughs) not fun. Yeah. Yeah. What I think is just really important because I think that was for me something that I, you know, I thought that what I felt, cause like you said, you were good at, you were a good musician. So it's not that uh, you were, fair, I was an okay musician. <laughs> well, you didn't, you weren't like Richard said, someone you didn't come up the to cover you. Of Rolling Stone no, magazine. No. <laughs> but someone didn't come up to you and go, you're terrible. Like, you know, the American Idol moment where yeah. you're like, why didn't somebody tell you you're yeah. bad? Like that didn't happen. Like you, you probably could have kept going and found, yeah. you know, decent enjoyment out of doing that. So I think, you know, for me, it was, it was interesting. My whole life, what's actually really funny. Um, well, actually I'll get there. Uh, my whole life, I, up until, uh, high school, I was set on being a musician as well. Um, I, this is so funny. All three of us started yeah. with music. Music <laughs> is just one of those things, man. It's so great. And, and, uh, I went through a really difficult season in high school and I just felt the Lord go like, no, you're, I'm calling you to to study, to study the Bible. Like I want you to go to Bible yeah. college. And I was like, well, really? Cause I was going to apply to Berkeley college of music. And yeah. like, I want to be a, like the musicians, what I thought I'm gifted to do this. Like this is it. And he was like, no, this is something else. And so I went to Bible college and, um, initially started in the worship track. Cause I hadn't gotten it in my head yet that music wasn't it as much as I wanted it to be, which let's talk about parental expectations for a second. My parents are still like mourning over the fact that I'm not doing music right now. Um, which is a whole other conversation because <laughs> the expectations that people put on you to what they think you should do is, yeah. is really hard. And there's, yeah, there's warrant in listening massive. to other people, but at the same time you have to like the people that are in my life actively on a daily basis know that what I'm doing right now is where God's calling me anyway. So 
went to Bible college, started in music. And then I realized that I switched my emphasis. Uh, my Bible college was small, so it wasn't degrees. It was emphases, um, three times from worship to counseling to biblical studies. And I realized the reason I was avoiding pastoral ministry and counseling and the sort of like pastoral calls, because I didn't think that God had really given me anything to say hmm. that it was like, it was very, it was came from a very real insecure place of thinking like, well, there's nothing like, I'm not going to say anything good. So I'm not going to study this because I, I can sing and I can sing praises to God. I can yeah. do music, but as far as words, like no one wants to hear what I have to mm. say. And the Lord really was like, that's not it. Like if you're speaking my words, then you're, then people should be listening if yeah. it's, if it's my scripture. So kind of took me around the mountain there. Um, and yeah, I graduated from college and, uh, I, wanted to go, I wanted to do more study because I really loved studying the Bible, which was really funny because in high school I was always involved in my church, but anytime we had like a theology class that was like extra that we'd go, I'd always go cause I liked my youth group, but I never understood a thing. Everyone else was like, Oh, I'm reading this in the Bible. And this is, I have a question about this. What about this? And I'm sitting there going, I don't really read my Bible that much. Yeah. Like I read it when I feel sad because it makes me feel better. But I didn't really understand any of the theology. So the fact that I graduated college with this, like you know, I ended up speaking at my graduation and it was this big thing. And it was like, so, so excited about studying the Bible. I took a year off, um, from school just to make sure, cause I didn't want to go jump into something just because I liked it. I was like, okay, cause it's a lot of money to invest in a master's degree and a lot of time. And I was married and it was like, okay, is this really the next step for me? So That's I got huge. In- we, cause we can <laughs> be patient, but there can yes. be pressure to feel like we really need to like do this right now. Certainty. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't that I, I, I felt pretty sure, but I needed to make sure that there wasn't some selfish, like proving myself that I could do it. You know, like I'm going to prove to the world that my theology matters or whatever. So, but I got into admin work and that's when I got a really great admin job at a nonprofit and, um, I was doing good work and it felt meaningful, but it felt, um, gosh, I don't want to use the word dead. It just didn't, it felt kind of like still like something was missing. And I was watching the people around me do things they were passionate about. And I wasn't passionate about those things, but I was like, what is it? Like, why do I feel so stuck? Like, I just feel like I'm not moving anywhere. Um, and that's when I just felt the Lord say, like, it's because you're supposed to go start your master's degree. That's mm. the next step for you to do what I'm asking you to do. It's hard. I actually avoid the word calling sometimes because yeah. of the stigma totally. behind the word. So I say God calling, like God is leading me or asking me or telling me to do as that's usually the words I use. That's more of what the calling has felt like is less me feeling like God has this like massive thing for me and just more like this is your next step. So what's really interesting, though, Amber, is that you had this choice of, like, do I get this degree or not? And and even though the answer that you had was, like, you know, I'm not going to get it right away, it, it sounds like you set down this trajectory of working at the nonprofit to almost use that as, like, a testing ground of, like, I'm going to give this a try for a little while and mm-hmm. see, where, like, that's actually still being really intentional and moving. Like, that's that's not being a parked car. That's, like, intentionally yeah. doing something and keeping your eyes open, and you're, and you're sensitive to respond to that accordingly. Yeah, and that was interesting, too, because I'm actually quite... Um so I'll just put it this way. I have an acumen for admin. So that was also me kind of figuring out like I could do administrative stuff for the rest of my life because I'm, I'm good at it. I, I have an eye for it. I can see it. Maybe, maybe this sort of like nonprofit work where I'm helping administrate a team is, is something I'm supposed to do because I'm good at it. And, and that just goes to show just cause we're good at something doesn't necessarily mean that's God's call for 100%. us. Mm-hmm. It means that it's a gift we should probably leverage in different ways, but it also means that, um, and just say, it's not quite that simple. So anyway, I started hey, getting... let me, I want to oh. ask you before you move, because you just, you use this phrase of like, God showed me or told me, or I can't remember what you said, mm-hmm. but like, you should do a master's. So I'm just like, how? 
because that's such a critical pe- if someone's at a place where they're like i feel like i'm a bit of a crossroads with a choice in front of me like what did it look like for you to get god's input on that question whether i should do a master's god or not? is so funny with me see god, it was not in a devo moment it wasn't in a worship service i was in a meeting admitting the meeting and someone else was leading it and was doing their passion like they they were they were casting vision for their particular area and I didn't want their area at all. Like I'm not gifted there. That was not my thing. But there was something about wanting that passion that I heard in his voice as he was leading the meeting. And I was like, God, why don't I have that doing admin work? Why do I feel stuck? And it was, I'm in the meeting having this conversation with God, trying to focus. And God was just like, this is because this is not where I'm asking you to be long-term. I need, I want you to go get your master. It was just very still very like there's no music playing. There was no like prayerful deliberation. It was just like, Okay, God, and I had kind of been praying about it, like already, like okay, what, like I had felt unsettled for you know a while up until this point, but this kind of just got to the breaking point where I was like, okay, God, why, why do I feel this way? Mm. Um, And he was like, because this is this is your next step, and so there were a lot of hoops to jump through to get into the master's degree, not because of any reason, but when you're working a 40 hour a week job, yeah. um, it's really hard to do school full time. And I did because, uh, it's just my, the personality and the gusto of who I am to do that. And there's a lot to be learned in that as well of the wisdom of what your limits are, because yeah. my last semester in seminary, um, actually I ended up going to the hospital because I pushed myself too hard and I didn't know what my limit was cause I'd never done that before. I'd never pushed myself to the point of, um, getting hospitalized and having them run almost every test you can run on someone and them saying there's nothing wrong. And I'm like, Oh, it's because I pushed myself too hard. So that's not the answer either is to then step on the gas of the car and then see how fast you can go yeah. and what you can yeah. run into. Like that's not the answer either. And I can say from experience, it doesn't work. Um, but after I graduated, I just, you know, prayed again and said, okay, God, I have this master's degree. I'm still doing admin work. Um, so what does this mean? Um, because I feel passionate about studying scripture. I, I love taking things that are difficult or seem difficult and seeing their transformative work in people. And that scripture is not just something that we read for 15 minutes in the morning. Yeah. Um, before we go to work, it's something that transforms us. If it's, if it's living and active, I want to see that in other people. And I feel like God's given me a specific ability to help do that. So I'm like, okay, what does that mean though? Because I'm not, I'm not like there. I'm not like arrived now that I have my master's degree. And I do feel like pastorally, I don't think that any, any sort of studying scripture should be done without a um, foot, at least one foot in the church. I think the Bible is supposed to show us what the kingdom of God looks like within his body and uh, being the church and his people. And so, um, I just, you know, said, okay, what's the next step? How do I stay connected in my church? How do I serve the church with this desire to study scripture more? So it's, it's so interesting how similar this sounds to Tim's story of yeah. like, God's given you the right question. He's given you like a passion and a care, but then like, but how do I answer this question? Then yeah. it's, it becomes the next realization. And there, and there wasn't like, there weren't things that I, in that, you know, even towards the end of my master's where I was like, okay, what do do I want to do? Like there were a couple avenues that were in front of me of, of different, you know, doors I could knock on and say, is this the door that I'm supposed to be at? Like, cause they were, I mean, there were a lot of closed doors, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're no's. It just yeah. means you kind of knock on them and see if someone yeah. answers. Or sometimes you kick them down. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> someone like me, I have to be a lot really careful about that. Cause that's my, that's my default is know, to just say too. like, Ooh, let's see what was behind the store. Wham. Um, but I would knock at some door and I was like, okay, God, like, because he had changed, he had just kind of moved me around the circle. Like I just went around the mountain. It felt like to get where I was at. 
I knew that I needed to wait and hear what he had to say and just feel like I, I always don't like saying this because a feeling is just so subjective. But as I would consider and put these things before the Lord and say, okay, God, there's these things I could ask more. I could ask for more liberty in these areas within the church or within these ministry areas. Like I could do that. I could ask to step into these spaces. Um, and I could do it probably. Uh, is that what is that next? And I would just sit and I would just not like literally sit and wait for hours, like on my knees in the prayer closet, not like that, but it would just like present it to him when I was reading my Bible in the morning and say, okay. And then just let those be. And every time it come to mind, okay, God, I'm resurrendering those things to you. And I just never felt like those doors were opening. I never felt like, not because I was knocking. I was just like, do you even want me to approach? She's like, no, just wait. And I'm like, okay, God, but I'm still frustrated here. Like now, now I have, and I'm, you know, feel like I'm just like, you know, boiling with the lid on my pot saying, okay, what is this next thing then? If you're not saying yes to letting me step into these other areas that I think are good and they probably are good, but I didn't feel like that was maybe the right thing. And I just kept hitting that like, okay, nope, the, the, the just wait, just wait, just wait. I'm like, okay. Um, it ended up through Ryan and I, my husband have gone to theological conference after conference. That's just what we do. We've done that since, um, we were married. So it's been, I think, four or five years since we've been doing the, the, that's how we vacation. Um, So uh, towards the end of my master's, we were at a conference and I ran into um, a a professor of theology and New Testament over at Ridley College in Australia. His name is Mike Bird. Uh, Kind of a big name and, you know, everyone wanted to meet him. And I was like, I might as well ask him, you know, because he's overseas PhD super, he is a PhD supervisor, just what it would take, like maybe a PhD would be something in my future. Um, And... And he gave me some really great advice. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Most of that stuff I hadn't done. So it was really great to have some tangible like, oh, if this is something I want to pursue, I have to actually do these things. I can't just like wishfully want them and expect it to just happen. It's that partnership, right? Where God's going to tell tell us, you know, what he wants us to do. But often that means we have to take steps. Like yeah. we have to move forward, not just expect to like have everything gifted to us in a pretty package as if like we don't have to practice yeah, or work our huge. muscles. So, Thinking our calling is something that will happen to us. Yeah. Yes. Oh man. And Huge it, thing. Well, yeah. that I feel that, like that'll, that'll is a lot of right regret. There. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that would lead me to, and this is something I've always prayed my whole life: is like, God, I don't want to, I don't want to live my life and then look back and say, oh my gosh, I wasn't listening. Yeah. So, so anyway, so a year after that conversation, after I'd worked on a bunch of stuff, I reached back out and I said, hey, I'm, I'm thinking that I want to get a PhD, and he was like, okay, well, shoot me over some stuff. So, and it was this very open-handed thing of like, okay, this is, I feel like the next step is for me to at least apply for PhD programs and God seemed to be like releasing me to do that. And so as I was gauging and I, I had done a lot of other stuff too, like meeting with other biblical scholars in the area, um, just the boldness to ask, I think is a big thing too, is, is sometimes when, when God releases you, it's okay to just ask for things. Mm -hmm. Like I, I would email some fairly well-known people and just say, Hey, can you, mentor me for a day like can I come buy can I buy you coffee and can we sit down for two hours and can you like give me some advice like that's a really bold ask but sometimes in these moments like that's a good way to is going going to those who have gone before you and and not just saying oh my calling is just me myself and I but saying no like there's people who have done what I'm wanting to do and like going and asking them and seeing what they think and getting their perspectives from pastors from friends from experts in the field like there's lots of different ways to to build community around calling um, so this past uh, Christmas time, I had a very open hand as I was submitting PhD applications and said, okay, God, if you're going to shut doors, you're going to shut doors. And that's going to be great. Um, I don't want to walk through something that you don't want me to walk through. And it, th- and that's less of the Calvinist, like God's going to tell you or yeah. one thing. It was just more of like, 
if this really isn't the good next step for me and I'm just pushing my way through, please just make that obvious. Yeah. Like I don't want to be, you know, three years into a PhD and then go, oh my gosh, this is way too hard. I was never supposed to do this in the first place. Yeah. But I had someone tell me once, um, if God is telling you to do something and you know that it's him, no, nothing will be able to sway you otherwise. So make sure you know, don't guess, don't assume, like make sure you know that this is the next step. And sometimes it's hard to know right away, yeah. but the more you lean into something, the more it'll either feel more confirmed and, and ease is not the measurement of yep. whether or not something's confirmed. Um, for the record, sometimes things are really hard, but it feels like the right thing. Um, and then, uh, and then just realize like, no, this is, this is it. And so, yep. Applied. And, um, a couple weeks ago, got the acceptance letter that I was accepted into a PhD program, which was crazy and exciting. And, um, I had my, uh, orientation last week and I, I was telling someone, I'm actually feel a little bit on a high, uh, of just all the excitement and the doors that I feel like are opening, um, meeting different people that I didn't even know were studying the same things I want to study. And, and just the heart people have. And, and it, it's just really great. And I, I think in these moments, it's it's important for me to remember, like, it's not always going to feel this great. And remembering the moments where it's been hard leading up to this point and taking and kind of like bottling up the excitement that I have now and saving it for like the really hard times yeah. that will inevitably come, especially as I become a provisional candidate to a full-blown PhD candidate, which is a huge testing process. And yeah, so it's just this just slowly not rushing things. I'm a big rusher. Yep, me too. <laughs> I want to just get to the next thing and do the next thing. But it's like just just taking time and saying, okay, God, what is this? And yeah. just literally casting my anxieties onto Jesus and saying, he and he cares for us. Paul says it. And so saying, okay, here are the things I'm worried about. Here's the things I'm passionate about. Here's the things I want. What do you want? Because yeah. if ultimately I'm building his kingdom, he gets the prize. This is always what I say. He has the prerogative to do with me what he wants. Like if I'm not building my own world, if I'm building his, his kingdom and his, and his, you know, what his, his mission for the world, then if he wants me to do this or that thing, I'm going to do it even if it's hard. And even if it's not exactly what I want in my own timing. Yeah. Amber, you're, you're making me think about a few things that I think are so important. So one of them, th- there's a really good business book out there that's called The Dip by Seth Godin. It's a real short book. And basically it's about how anything that is worth doing has a dip to it. Like Mm. what you're doing, like getting into a PhD program, there's a high at the beginning. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, Amber, like great job. You did it. Like so awesome. And then like, I imagine a year from now or two years from now, you are going to be in the trenches. No one's congratulating you. Everybody's forgotten about like the fact that there's no glory in it. You're in it like by yourself. And what the book talks about is that like, the more something's worth doing, very often the longer and the deeper the dip is. Mm. And and the point of the book is that what's foolish is to get partway through the dip and quit because you've just wasted a whole bunch of time. <laughs> that like instead you should look at it from the beginning and think, do I have what it takes to yes. overcome the dip? Counting the cost. And, and if I yeah, if I don't, I don't do it. And if I'm if I'm in it, keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number one. The second thing is is about calling taking time. Like mm. I'm a rusher too. Like I'm an eight on the Enneagram and. Uh, you know, like the thing is like when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. It's the story of my life. <laughs> and I think that, that like I have the, you know, I have the spiritual gift of being able to like kick down any door I'm not supposed to. But with that, I think that, I think that we have to realize that calling takes time. And, mm-hmm. and so right now, like you've had this path that's led you to a PhD, but that's taken 
years. Mm-hmm. And and I would even say that your calling's bigger than that. That like that PhD is going to be used for something. It's just a, it's a step in the direction of yeah. what God's mm. called me to do. And like, it isn't the end all because it's not going to last forever. I'm going to be done eventually. Yeah, and like <laughs> and 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 I think that I think what's so interesting is like we want to know our calling now, mm. and it's like. Well, no, like be faithful with where you are. So like in the meantime, as you work these jobs, what did you do? Like you were a good employee. You used your giftings. Like you tried to be patient and obedient. You didn't like throw everything into this like leap of faith off of a cliff without a parachute. Like you were faithful with where you were and trusted the process that like I'm going to be obedient while I'm wondering how these big things are going to get sorted out. And I think that's really important. Like when I look, when I look at, at like the stuff I'm doing in the fireplace space, you know, playing music in the punk band made me lose my fear for better or for worse of like getting in front of people and saying something or like you know, doing a podcast that like I was just I was used to that and even though I'm not playing music that's a skill that mm-hmm. you know I acquired 15 years ago oh, I love that, that that has now become part of like something totally different Could you have predicted that no though? that's never. the thing is like we don't know yeah. what God is doing right now in our lives the skills and things that we feel are insignificant yeah. what those actually play into what he's called us to do yep. like we look we can, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. we look back and go, wow, I had that job because that job taught me this thing. Yes. And then looking forward, I had a mentor say this to me once. He said, just know, cause I was, it was in, in college. I didn't know what job I was going to take. Cause I had just, you know, some things had happened. I was like, what do I do? And he goes, you know what? I'm not sure, but whatever, whatever you do, God's going to use that to grow you into the person he wants you to be. Yeah. And it's, that's huge. It's like the things that we've done, 100% affect our future. And when we're surrendered to God, even if it doesn't feel significant or feel like this mountaintop experience, yep. it God's using it. The other thing I was going to say too is that your quote unquote calling may not be your job. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, Richard, we talked about this a lot. Like yeah. I feel totally called to learn and teach the scriptures. Like I feel totally called to do that, but that's not my job. So for me, what that looks like now is like, you know, like I did a podcast on the book of revelation recently or like teaching in the house of learning when I can or mentoring somebody or, or even like with my kids, you know, but, but like that it's, it's not my job. And I think that sometimes we think, well, if I'm supposed to do this, then God's going to make it to where like, I don't have to do something I don't want to do, but you know, calling might mean that you actually have to do something you don't want to do for a long time, maybe mm-hmm. the rest of your life. But with the bits of time that are available, you're able to actually push into something, you know, different. And, and that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, calling really, we tend to think of it as a singular thing, but it is variegated. Yeah. You're called to be this father to these kids, this husband to this wife, yeah. this friend to this person, this, you know, um, there's lots of different aspects. Our, our lives are not some Unitarian kind of whole yes. yeah. with one single focus, right? And, and I think God has a story to write in every aspect. Mm-hmm, and when we think sure. more broadly of that, it is helpful because sometimes when you're confused and scrambling, it helps you to feel settled in like, okay, that's cool. But then this bit over here is like, that's my safe space where I feel like I'm living into the right thing the right way. And it gives you a place from which to orient yourself. You know, and, and, and this is so important too, is like, never go it alone. Mm, you know, yes. Amber, you talked about how like, if you're studying the scriptures, you need to have one foot in the church. And that's yes. true. Like, there's nothing more dangerous than somebody studying the scriptures by themselves with no authority and no tradition and no context. Like, that's terrifying. You know, so so same thing with calling. Like, you know, we are so good at isolating ourselves, but, but man, like, if you're wrestling through calling, like, 
find a pastor, join yes. a community group. Like, yes. do not do this alone. Like, Mm-mm. like, like the Christian life is meant to be lived together. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and like we help, it's amazing how, uh, as, as we help each other do this, how things become clear. I want to like, I'm going to tell a, a little bit of my story. Cause there's something I kind of hear a bit in what you're saying with these different phases of the chapters of like realizing things about yourself and stepping into things. Um, and part of it's about like learning, but part of it's also about like formation and transformation. So like, I liked what you said, Tim, when you were like, sometimes, you know, it's the right skill or gift or care, but the wrong outlet, Yeah. you know? And so I, you know, end of high school, I was like classical musician and thought that's what I was going to do, you know, as a vocation. Um, and then I came to know Jesus. And Jesus showed me, like, dude, you need to put that down. Mm-hmm. You're, like, consumed by it and partly consumed. I mean, you love influencing people, communicating, mm-hmm. collaborating. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of leadership in there. Yep. But um, you've got, like, pride and ambition a mile wide that yeah. this is feeding, and it's uh, it's unhealthy. So, you know, so I actually had to put it down. And then later on in my story, like, music returned, Um but like in a completely different way. And I like, it, I like that's, that's exactly the same with me. Yeah. And so it was just interesting of, uh, I, you know, and then those gifts for like leadership and communication continued, you know, as a, someone who leaned into teaching and academia and pastoring and teaching. And, um, but, you know, so it's interesting how those gifts can take a sort of a, a different journey than mm-hmm. you expect. But then, Sometimes it's just it's it's actually the right gift and the right thing. Just you're not ready for it yet. Yeah, <sighs> you know. Yeah. Um, and, and I I had to like develop some character and develop some humility and understand, you know, myself as someone who's like fresh to Jesus before that thing wouldn't trip me up, and then I would use it to trip others up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was like a bomb waiting to go off. Um, and the the other thing was about the choice. So. That struck me. It's funny. I, like, I made you guys tell your stories and then like all the good stuff you say, so I can just like, <laughs> I can draw on it. But, um, you know, part of our, part of our story is like, you know, I was, so I went from music to um, physics and then trained in physics, but along getting to know Jesus, like there was this care. And this is just like, what's the question that I think we've all had of like, God just gave me a care for his church. Mm. Like I just cared about the health of the church, which pulled me into trying to to influence like to help to be a blessing to the church in some way whenever i could you know and sometimes i was ready and it was awesome and sometimes it was probably otherwise <laughs> but um you know uh, uh, along the way there like my and it, and it's interesting how god will still redeem the seasons mm. oh yeah so like i put down physics but god has so often put me in front of people where someone who knows Jesus and gets what it's like to view the world through the mind of like a hardcore atheistic scientist yes. mm. is needed. And I'm like, I can talk to you. Yeah. And so that's an interesting little part of it as well. But then, yeah, from science to then like caring about the church and then realizing like, man, my, my passion is to teach people and disciple people. And part of that, it was like it you know, apologetics and science and my background, I got to exercise that muscle, but I'm not an apologist, Mm. you know, but 
then it's interesting as you try and figure out what shape can this take that you look around you and you try and play spot the difference of like who could be similar enough where they can give me a picture of what I should become. Yeah. And so for me, it was like I looked around and saw like a worship leader. So I tried being a worship leader for a while. You know, I saw like a lead, but like a pulpit preacher, like try that for a while. You know, like all these different forms. And I was kind of pigeonholing. And like one of the things I've learned is, you know, God just been like, Richard, you're a, you're a weird little dude. You're going to be kind of different. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> like stop pigeonholing yourself, you know. Yeah. And so just, I guess, giving space to the creativity. Mm-hmm. And then that allowed us to sort of figure out like, yeah, I kind of care about the forefront of like cutting edge questions. Yeah. In, in like theology and the Bible and apologetics and discipleship and culture. Um, but I really care about the church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got to this crossroads where we were, you know, I had a job because none of those things were my jobs. I had a job to make yeah. money. And then I had like different roles in the church where I was getting to exercise my care for the church. And then I was also, you know, I'd done a PhD and done some postdoc work and research and writing and publishing and, uh, I kind of get into a crossroads and it's this is one of those seasons things where like it was good for a while to have those in parallel but God was like you can't keep growing yeah. all of these things yes like uh, and that's one of the things that, that you talk about parental expectations uh, and not a terrible thing my parents were always like reach your potential it took a long time for me to figure out that I can't reach my potential with every gift I have yeah mm. I can't be the best musician I can That's be, so the best reader I can be, the best writer. I, yeah. And so we got to this crossroads. But anyway, we, we end up, you know, through weird connections and things like coming out to check out Westside and there's a school starting. And it's interesting how I was like, God, I really want you to like give me some anchor point to help me navigate what's the possibilities in front of us. And it was uh, in Galatians 6. And this verse just like rang true in a way that i felt like things clicked into place it gave me a place to stand where then i could have perspective on like how how these different cares got a birthed within me could have an outlet and it says this it says therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all people yes especially to those who belong to the family of believers and it was like god was saying dude you've never thought about moving to america you've never seen yourself as a missionary um, but here are some people you can do good to. If you want to, I'll bless you if you do this. Mm. It's not the only thing. Yeah. But if you want to do this, I'll do this with you. That's such a good way to look at calling. Yeah. And, and so I was like, yeah. And that and that verse, that offer of like, like I will go with you, like that is something then I've been able to return to when I felt like I've had enough yeah. or, you know, <laughs> like things like that. But then it's interesting because there's still parts of what I care for, like muscles God's given me, um, which are not really getting like the healthiest outlet, right? Like there's still more to grow and develop. And I know, I mean, even the last five years of being here, what I do has evolved and I know it'll continue to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's a little bit of like, from someone who used to take what God wants so seriously, like you were saying, like yep. man, I don't want to go, it's I don't want to go wrong. Yeah, like to almost feel like, you know, I'm a child. God's gracious. I'm an explorer. 
I don't need to take myself so seriously yes. <laughs> because if I take a yes. wrong turn here and I'm doing the wrong thing, God will get me on track. Like he'll he'll sort me out. Yep. He'll reroute. Well, yeah. and, and I mean, at its core, like there's there's both an arrogance and a belittling of God. Mm. You know, there's an arrogance of like, well, if I make the wrong decision, then everything, everything's like, messed yeah. up. Like, dude, you are yeah, not yeah, that big yeah. of a deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the second thing is like, <laughs> so okay, so if you're operating in wisdom, now like we're not talking about like. Am I going to like do something blatantly evil? Like we're sure. talking about two good things. Yes. You know, so like, do I not trust that God can help me course correct? Like, yeah. you know, and this is the thing is like, like if we actually have the same spirit in us that raised Jesus from the dead, mm-hmm. like I think that that spirit can actually empower us to make a good decision. And like, yes. we just live in this place of like, oh, I'm just this nasty old sinner. And like, God can't use me. I'm just like trying no. like. What a load of like Paul calls us garbage. Saints. Yeah. Paul calls us saints. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I think oh, I, oh, I want to say one, two more things. Um, one, if you're struggling with your calling and wondering where God's called to you, um, I want to encourage you. You're definitely 100% without a shadow of a doubt called to the church. So if you're not in community, yes. that is one of the best steps to finding your calling is getting involved with your local community. Yep. And if it's West side, like reach out to us. We want to help you find your calling in the church and, and see you um, plugged in here. But then also God doesn't waste any time. Um, so be encouraged. God's working in you right now in what might feel mundane and what feels exciting. God yeah. is present with us yeah, always. Definitely. And I was going to say like, it's a good place to finish there with like the love of God and the grace of God. Mm. Uh, I guess the other, now you've called out like a tangible thing. Um, maybe there's a bit of some of our story where it's like, man, I care about the Bible and the church. You might be feeling like, man, I want to push into that. We do have this thing the team doing this podcast the ajc college you know um and we've actually if you go on our website we've got some videos around like helping people think about what they're called to where they're called things like that so if you want a bit more that'd be cool go to the website and you can just sign up and get those videos and get some input so there you go i hope those are encouraging stories and yeah that you can start to see some of these things reflected in what god's doing with you so have a great week based at Westside at Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from, along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.